Hawkins sent me those songs the other day, and I thanked him. I said, I've been whistling two of those different times this whole week. I'm glad we get to sing them together. If you will, let's turn to John 21. John 21, we've been going through this book for a while and looked at it Wednesday night, and I just couldn't slow down. Just wanted to keep looking at it. Well, when we'll finish it up this morning. Thankful to have the Vincents with us this morning. And I had typed this well before I knew they was coming, but <clears throat> the first line I have on my notes, <laughs> if we have visitors today, don't listen through their ears. Most of most of y'all know them, but if we have visitors, don't listen through their ears. I wonder what those 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 visitors heard. Well, did they hear this? Did they hear that? I'm telling you, don't do that. You listen. You listen. That's not Thacker. That's Bible. Do you know that? I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> I'm serious. We'll see that in a bit. What's happened up till now here in John 21? Well, Peter's had just a roller coaster, hasn't he? The Lord came, came to him and, and uh, revealed himself to him there in that, that Sunday meeting. They got together. They were afraid. They locked the door. And the Lord came right in the midst of them and revealed himself to them and comforted them. And then he come the next week. They met together again. He come right in there, and he said, now, and that's when Thomas was there. Thomas missed it the first go. Uh, he missed Christ. He didn't miss a service. He didn't miss a message. He didn't miss a, uh, a worship service. He missed Christ. But the Lord's faithful, and he revealed himself to Thomas and treated him just like a child, his child. And those Pharisees said, we want a sign. He said, you ain't getting no sign with Jonah. And then Thomas said, I ain't going to believe unless I have a sign, unless I touch him. And he said, come here, buddy. Put your hand right here. Come on. Touch my hands. That's fine. And then <clears throat> the Lord's going to come to him a third time. He told him in that second time, though, he said, I got something for you to do. You're going to go out. Just as I was sent, I'm sending you out. You're going to do something. If you're servants, you're going to serve. Not sit around and just think good ideas all day. You're going to do something. Well, Peter is just, Rambunctious. He didn't like idleness. He didn't want to sit around twiddling his thumbs. The Lord didn't give me any direction on that. And, and he had a family to take care of. He had a wife and things, getting hungry. So they went, he said, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to the other kind of fishing. And shamefully, he led six of his brothers with him. They said, we'll go with you. And the Lord was there on the shore. He said, you all got any meat? Children, do you have any meat? No, cast your net. And they did. And the boy, when they pulled it in, couldn't even get it up in the boat. And John said, that's the Lord. And Peter put his coat on and just embarrassment or excitement or everything all at once, he jumped in that water and swam 100 yards straight to shore. The other ones came in. The Lord told him, so bring it up on here. He said, we got work to do. You bring them fish in first. I ain't going to have those wasted. I got some food for you. We'll eat here in a minute. And they went and there were coals there, just like those coals that Peter warmed himself with when he denied the Lord, but the Lord made these coals. This is his fire. And, and fish, just like they fished for their lives and they've, they've, they've ate so many times, the Lord made these fish. And bread, that they've ate so much, the living bread made them a loaf of bread. And he said, come and dine. Come and dine. They was fishing. They was doing something else. They wasn't waiting on the Lord. He come to them. 
He fed them. And he pulled Peter off to the side. And he said, you love me? And he said, feed my lambs. There's little bitty ones out there that ain't, ain't never had a drop of milk in them. You go give them milk. I'll give you the milk. You go feed them. And there's, there's sheep. That's, they're lambs that grew up. <laughs> they growed some. And in a, a marked amount of time, in the Lord's time, they, they went from little sheep to bigger sheep. They got a little stronger. And he said, you feed them. And he said, you love me, you feed them. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And it grieved Peter, didn't it? He was sad. But the Lord sent him to do this. And he says here something in verse 18. Verily, very. This is the last verily, very. I think there's 27 in John. Truly, truly. He said it was, if he said it, it's true. If he said truly and he said it, we ought to listen. He says truly, truly, barely, barely. We need to pay attention. When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whether thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. You thought you was going everywhere you wanted to go when you was younger. But when you're older, your hands are going to be stretched forth, and you're going to be girded. You'll be tied up, and somebody else is going to carry you where you would not go. You talked about going there. You, you, you had a good game. Oh, I intend to do that. No, you wouldn't. Somebody else is going to do it for you, Peter. And this is signifying the death. It's showing that he's going to be crucified. It says in verse 19, This spake he, the Lord spoke that, because signifying by what death he should glorify God. The death of every believer glorifies God, and the death of the unbeliever glorifies God. And he said, this is how you're going to die, and it's going to glorify me. That's the way I want it. So that's what's going to happen. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Follow me. Peter, follow me. We all have an end, don't we? Before Peter was going to die for the Lord, he said, I'll, I'll, these others, they'll forsake you. I'll die for you. And, and he, I'm going to go where you go. And I'm, I'm going to drink whatever you're drinking. <laughs> he's going to drink of that cup, isn't he? He's going to go where the Lord went, and he's going to die for the Lord. The Lord told him in John 13, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither goest thou? And he answered, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. I'm doing something different than what you're going to do, but you you got something ahead of you. Peter then denied the Lord three times, and he saw him again, didn't he? He said, you go tell my disciples and Peter, and Peter. And then he came to him that first, first service after the Lord was risen. He came to him that second time, and now he's here this third time while he's out fishing. He said he would die with Christ, and now the master says, you're going to. Now follow me. You talked about doing this. Now it's time. This is what's going to happen. And you know what? We will too. We will too. Turn over to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
and follow me. And follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? What's that mean? Power? Positions of authority? Titles? Money? Family? What if I have a great lineage to pass down? My heritage? What if I have just so many children and so many people? Well, my neighbor. Well, I can't, I can't follow the Lord. And my children's doing this. And my, my, my neighbor's doing that. And my cousin's doing this. And my sister's coming into town or, or whatever. What if you got it? What's that going to do for you? What if you gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Can you go out and work and earn something that you could use to buy your soul? Whether that be people or things or stuff. or For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. See, it says works. No, <laughs> a friend of mine told me at one time. He's right then. He said, I will work in them. And I will walk in them, and I will remember for them. That's what the scripture. If we compare scriptures with scriptures, what are we gonna say? The Lord did it. The Lord did it. You did a great thing. No, the Lord did it. That's. I, we moved one time. A young man came up to me and said, "I just. It was such a impression on me that you would take such a drastic change and go across the country to make sure your children grew up underneath the, the gospel." And I said, "It was easy." That was the end of the evening. I didn't sleep the whole night. <laughs> I didn't have the context with that. The next morning I saw him and I said, I didn't, I didn't mean that like it sounded. I said, the Lord pigeonholed me and got me just in a spot and hedged me about. There was no other choice. That's why I said it was easy. And he said, I don't even remember what you're talking about. <laughs> he didn't pay attention. I, it weighed on me, though. We'll declare that it was his doing. And he says, verse 20, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death, Till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Lord said, I got a people. There's going to be some that's going to see me. See me when I come. And it says there, take up his cross and follow me. And he's telling Peter, signifying what death he should die to glorify the Lord. He's going to be crucified. And it's old writers say that Peter, which sounds really good for Peter, he wouldn't take the honor of being crucified as the Lord was. And he said, you crucify me upside down. And if Peter did that, that was the Lord's doing. He gave him the the faith to do such a thing. but What is it for us to take up our cross? What is it for us to be crucified with Christ and to follow him till the end? What's that look like? Paul wrote about it. Turn over to Galatians 2. Galatians 2. <clears throat> in providence and inactivity, those that the Lord speaks to, those that he commands, they take up our cross and they follow him. We're crucified with him. It says in Galatians 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me take up our cross and to follow him that, that already took place <laughs> i was in him when he hung on that cross and, and he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world but as we go through this life 
I, I'm not my own. In, in the providence, of, well, I can't believe that happened to this body. Well, this ain't my body. I'm trespassing on this land. <laughs> this ain't my land. This is the Lord. This is his oxygen I'm breathing. If there's anything that's done in me, it's Christ that lives in me that does it. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. For the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of. Well, I have strong faith. You, you better have a strong Christ is what you ought to. It's his faith. It's a gift. He gave it to us. The faith of the Son of God. What, he, what about that? He loved me. He loved me. He, lo he saw us and heard us and knew us, and he's redeemed us. He's delivered us, hasn't he? He loved me, and he gave himself for me. That's how we walk through this world. And that's, that's part of it. Uh, I, it, it's, it, it. It ain't my job to teach people how to live. It's my job to teach you how to die. We all have an end, and that may be today. So I hope we can pay attention and we'll perk our ears up. That may be today. But we also live in this world, don't we? We walk through it. And, and, and we ought to be looking to him and what he's done for us. Paul also said that. He said in Philippians, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, But if I live in this flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. He said, I'm in straight between the two. He said, have, I have a desire to depart. I want to go be with the Lord. I know him. He's, he's, he's revealed himself to me. He loved me with an everlasting love. And I see something of his awesomeness, of his glory. And I want to be where he is. That's far better. He said, but if I abide here in the flesh, he goes, that's more needful for you. Like Peter, the Lord said, feed my sheep. And Paul said, well, I'm here to feed sheep. I'm a sheep feeder. <laughs> I'm one of the Lord's remembrancers. I'll just tell you what he said. He said, so I'm going to stay here. And if the Lord wants to kill me, that's his business. Whenever that time is, he appoints that I don't. And I'll be glad to go, but until then, I have something to do. That's in providence. That's in our activity as well. But that's also an attitude. Did you know, to take up your cross and to follow him, that's an attitude. That's an attitude. Turn over Galatians 5. We've been at a couple of potlucks this weekend, and we missed a couple of them. <laughs> we were invited to more potlucks than we could attend. And... Uh, People's always concerned about what somebody's bringing. If everybody, what if everybody brings chili? Well, you could be sad and kick rocks down the road, or you could go to Texas and pay twenty dollars because that's called a chili cook-off. What's the difference? Attitude, right? To take up our cross and to follow Him, the Lord gives us an attitude with that. Look here in Galatians five, verse twenty-two. <clears throat> Paul lists so many things that we see in ourselves, don't we? But he says here in verse twenty-two, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there's no law. There's no limit to that. Do it all you want. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Does that, well, that means you cleaned up your act and you, you, you stopped reading books that had bad words in them or stopped watching movies that wasn't Christian. No, that ain't what he's talking about. I, I, I'm dead to this flesh. I want to be. I want, there's things I do I don't want. That's what Paul was talking about, wasn't it? The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. And I don't want to do those things. I'm not able to stop sinning, but I want to. I want to. And, and seeing that sin and that affliction is why we cry out, right? And how could we judge our brethren? We'll see that in a minute, what Peter's doing. Uh, how could I look to somebody else and be encouraged or discouraged? I know what I am. 
I know why that, and this is one-on-one. What if I was on a deserted island? Would this word be true? That's the attitude, isn't it? The Lord has to, to stir up our pure minds for that to happen. Uh, pride comes naturally. <laughs> and I got no problem with, with getting puffed up. I do that all by myself. And when the Lord stirs us up, that changes our attitude, not just in the providence that we have of taking up our cross, but in the mindset that we have while we're doing it. There in Galatians 6, here's the motivation for that. Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. I'm dead to this world. For in Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. That, that, that cross that he died on is why I have life. Him coming to me and speaking, follow me, is because I have a life to follow him. Uh, I'm, I'm dead to this world. I'm dead to that law. I'm dead to Satan. And I'm his. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. And there's a new creation. And that's, that, that's our, the love that we have linked to him. I got to watch some things on uh, come up somehow, cheap places to live in the world for expats and all that. Thailand is beautiful, and it's cheap. Did you know that? I can't move to Thailand tomorrow. Why? I got children raised. I'm going to pack them up, take them to Thailand. Well, no, of course not. I'm a father. We understand that. Joe Blow walking down the street understands that, don't they? I can't up and move to Thailand. I'm not my own. I'm God's, and I'm here to feed sheep. Well, you can do it online. No, you can't. You can watch Burger King ads on TV, and that ain't going to make you... Stop having hunger pains. This is what's, what the Lord's put in our hand to do. There's a new creation. And I pray I look to him till I die. I pray I follow him to the end. And, and if whatever cross I have to carry and bear between now and then, as long as he makes me faithful. That's what's required of a, of a steward. Not to have a big congregation, not to put out good bulletin articles, not to be eloquent or kind or personable or anything is to be faithful be faithful and he has to do that and keep us faithful to the end that's a privilege i couldn't imagine going into an eternity without looking to christ and to rely on decisions we've made or actions that we've done or looking to ourselves and standing before a holy god by myself are you crazy but to look to him he's revealed himself to us he's come to us he sent us somebody to tell us about him and we believed him and are confident. And to go into eternity knowing him, that's a privilege. Now the cross is done. The race is over. The fight's been, the battle's won. <laughs> it's time to go home. That's a good thing. And how does that happen? He commands, follow me. Now you're going. <laughs> he didn't say, if you want to, follow me. He said, follow me, didn't he? Wisest man born Adam. Solomon wrote this. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that's the end of all men, and the living will lay this to heart. We'll know so. Now, the dead won't. They won't lay that to heart. The living will. This is a good thing. The Lord said, it's going to get rough. Isn't that nice to know? If, if I don't like to be surprised by pain. If they're going to give me a shot or something, it's, it's going to burn. Thank you for telling me. I think I can handle it a little bit better instead of you just sneak up and surprise me. 
The Lord tells that this life's short and it's full of trouble and there's going to be affliction and it's, sometimes it's going to be bad, real bad, and I'm with you. Just follow me. Look to me. Look to me. To be made faithful to the end. Look over at Matthew 24. I have a longer text. The Lord's speaking to his disciples privately here at the uh, Mount of Olives. They'd come to him discreetly and ask him some questions, so he's answering them. Matthew 24, verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of the, thy coming and of the end of the world? What's going to be the end? Either our end or everybody's end or something about this. We don't even know what's going to happen, but you tell us. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. That means they're going to try to. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's not the end. So, well, in the end, it's going to be, that's going to be the end of it. It's going to be rumors of wars. No, he said, that's not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in all kinds of different places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. What we look at the first hour, why, why did those children of Israel cry out? By reason of their taskmaster. Well, there's a great famine and wars going on and tsunamis and, and all these things that we just go, oh, we're so troubled and what are we going to do? That's the Lord saving his people. I've given nations for you. You think he's going to lose one? What's, what's taking place right now? God's saving his people. His will's coming to pass. And I tell you, like Marie said, go get you a ham sandwich. Sit underneath the tree, a shade tree. Lord's on his throne. Calm down. It's fine. I'm talking to myself. I need to put a mirror in front of me. I need to hear that too. That's just the beginning of sorrows. Lord's saving his people. Verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You're going to be preaching when this happens. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and they shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. That's going to take place. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations. And then shall the end come. <laughs> After that takes place, then the end's going to come for this world. Isn't it? All those different temptations and all those crafty ways of putting things and that little bit of leaven. Thankful the scriptures say, if it were possible, the elect would be deceived. But it's not possible. Why? Because he's faithful. He told Peter, he said, Peter, I'm, I'm going to let Satan, he desires to sift you like wheat, and I'm going to let him do it for a little bit. You're going to deny me, and the cock's going to crow, and then I'm going to look you eye to eye. Whatever's in the way, if there's a pillar or a person, it's going to part, and he's going to lock eyes with him, and he's going to weep bitterly, weep bitterly. But that's for your good. And he said, and when you're converted, well, wasn't he already converted? Yeah. When you're converted that day, then you go tell your brethren, 
and you encourage them. That's what you're going to do. He's the one that's faithful. And back in our text are in John 21, verse 19. <clears throat> this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. How far? All the way. Follow me to the end. That's a privilege. That's eternal life. For a believer to die looking to Christ is such a just blessed thing. And, and so it is to live looking to Christ. We all want that dying grace. I need living grace for today, don't you? Walk through the earth that way, following him, following not man, following him. Verse 20, then Peter turned about, seeing, seeth the disciple for whom Jesus loved, following, that's John, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, looking at John, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? What about him? You just told me that I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die. I'm going to feed you sheep until the end and i got to follow you. What about him? <laughs> I have all the, I've gained all this experience. I've, I've had so many failures and I've learned from my failures and, and now, I'm, now I'm really going to follow you this time. What about him? I've grew past John. What about him? Poor Peter. Poor us. I think I don't look down on Peter. I think I'd probably do even worse. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, if I if I if it's my will that he lives for two thousand, six thousand, however more thousands of years it is until I come, what's that to you? Follow us thou me. Don't you worry about what I'm doing with John. You worry about you. you if, if you mind your own business, then you won't be minding mine. That's what they used to say. <laughs> mind your own business. Well, that's rude. Lord said it. He told Peter. He said, what's that to you? I gave you something to do. You do that. Isn't that such a sad thing, I thought? Here, Peter, the Lord said, I'm going to keep you faithful to the end. And it's going to be rough, but you follow me. And he turns around and says, what about the end? Well, they going to die a rough way too? What a sad place to be. That's a sad mindset, isn't it? Why not say, Lord, how about don't let them be crucified. Let it be me. Don't let, don't just keep them happy. Send them on a cruise somewhere until you come. <laughs> Give them room service. Let me bear that for my brethren. Peter felt like he's getting a short stick, didn't he? He, he felt like he was the only one doing all the work. He didn't say, Lord, let me be crucified and let these go. That's what our Lord did. That's the mind of Christ, isn't it? Uh, man ain't nothing and he's all. I was trying to think of the best way to say it. We're grass. I ain't fluffing up nobody. And I'd do ten times worse. He's all. He's all. The Lord said, take me and let these go. Let these go free. He bore our sin in his body on a tree. Not just he got arrested by a bunch of people 2,000 years ago. He stood in our stead and before God's judgment on our behalf. While we, while we were enemies. While we hated him. Verse 22. Jesus says, "What If I will that he tarry till I come, what's that to thee? He's the faithful one. He's the compassionate one. He's the caring one. The Lord is. 
And if he's pleased that John lives till he's returned, what's that to you? He's the wise one. He knows what's best. He says, mind your own business, Peter. You know, there's a negative thing where we say, I hope so-and-so hears that. I told you not to listen to other people's ears. <laughs> there's times I've heard something, and I thought, man, either negatively, I hope so-and-so hears that. That'll sort them out. Or positively, I hope, I hope somebody hears that. I hope my loved ones hear that, hear that good news, don't we? Yes, others need to be saved, and others need to be corrected. And people need chastened, and they need comforted. They do. But I need saved, and I need corrected. I need to be taught of God. I need, I need to grow. I need to be matured, don't I? Have this mind in me. If I could just keep quiet and listen to what the Lord says, I wouldn't have so many troubles. I talk a lot. I talk for a living, technically. <laughs> I talk a lot. Can't really tell you. Children will. If I could just hush and listen to what God has to say, I would have so fewer troubles. That's what his word says. I was reading that the other day on the 21st, Proverbs 21. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. That's good for me, isn't it? Like Peter, though, I, I pop off. I know. But the Lord says, follow thou me. He was looking to John. He said he saw John. He was looking at John and he asked the Lord. He was looking over here and asking over there. And the Lord said, follow thou me. Don't you follow John. Don't look to John. Don't look left. Don't look right. Don't, don't look at yourself, Peter. You look to me. That's too simple. No, that's too complicated. That's too hard. That's why we can't do it. He said, you look to me. He said, I've given you a big job. You just keep looking at me. If we look to our brethren, we're either going to be filled with pride or contempt. We'll say we did it better than they did or, I, or envious. I wish I could do it as good as they did if we esteem them higher that day. Or we're, we're doing more, just like Peter did. I got more to do. What about him? If we look to our brethren, if we look to ourselves, we ain't, if, we, if the Lord makes us honest, we ain't going to be nothing but discouraged and downtrodden and sad. And, and that accuser of the brethren that lives inside of this head that says there ain't no way in the world you're a child of God. That's when we look to ourselves. But if we're made to look to Christ, I thought for a long time, a couple hours a day, how I'd word this. And I typed it out three different ways and I deleted it all. You, you that Christ has revealed himself to, child of God, what is the state of your heart and the state of your mind and your emotions or whatever when you just look at him, when you just follow him, when you look to him, when, when you just quietly go where he goes and you quietly hear a word from the Redeemer, when he speaks to your heart, what's that like? Some of you know, that's a good place to be, isn't it? That's comfort, isn't it? That's not sad. That's not downtrodden. That's not contempt and, and, and contentious and murmured. and all. No, that's just peace. That's peace, isn't it? That's contentment, happiness, joy. We read there for our scripture reading Matthew 4, Lord walked by and he saw Simon called Peter and Andrew and they were casting a net in the sea and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You're already fishermen. I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets. Right then. Dropped them. Whatever you do for a living. Take those tools or that knowledge or that computer or those HVAC tools or those kettle corns or whatever. Leave it. Well, that's my livelihood. 
Yeah, they straightway left that and they followed him. They did. Hadn't, hadn't Peter followed the Lord already? <laughs> Why would the Lord come to him and say, Peter, follow thou me? He said, follow me. He said, what about John? He said, follow thou me. You follow me. Hadn't he told him that before? How long had, I wrote down, he'd, he'd been following the Lord for many, many months. He'd been following the Lord for 36 months. That's almost 1,100 days. He'd been, I've been following the master for 26,280 hours. You know, it's 1.5 million minutes he'd been following the Lord. And guess what Peter, Peter needed to hear? And guess what we need to hear? Follow thou me. What kind of message is that? Lord saved Peter and them, them fishermen. He just said, follow me. And in that command, they did it. <laughs> okay, here we go. I need that. I needed it yesterday. I need it today. And as long as I'm walking this earth, I need it. You do too. If the shepherd tells the sheep to follow him, they'll follow him over and over. We, we got, y'all know little Lola there at the house, that little dog. She follows me. I always said Zoe, the bigger one. I said, she listens real good until she don't. Uh, but I'd say, come on. Inside, whatever. I said, I've said inside 15,000 times. And sometimes she comes in, sometimes she don't. But i got to keep telling her. She don't just know that when I go to that door, she's got to come inside. you think she'd get it by now. Well, I'm just a dumb dog. Lord, that's telling me over and over and over again. Follow him. Follow me. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look to you. Don't look to your brethren. Don't look to the world. Don't look to wars. Don't look to the economy. Look at me. Look at me. Aren't you thankful the Lord's a good shepherd? And he's the great shepherd. And he's the chief shepherd. And what's so disdained in this uh, culture we live in now, we're just sheep. People say, oh, were, were you a sheep? I hope. <laughs> if God saved me, I am. Good. I won't follow him. You're just mindlessly following him. No, it's on his command and I want to. I want to. Verse 22. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you, to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him. John's saying, John's one writing this, and that's who he's talking about. And he said, after the Lord said that, everybody, they heard what he said. They listened to what he said, but they didn't hear what he said. Uh, they didn't know what he meant. And they said, oh, well, John's going to live forever. <laughs> that ain't what he meant. And John writes here halfway through verse 23. He said, yet Jesus said not unto him. That ain't what he said. That ain't what he said. He shall not die. But here's what he said. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? That's a beautiful verse. You know what just took place? John was correct in error. And he said, that ain't what the Lord said. I'm just going to tell you what he said. I'm just going to tell you what he said. John's writing about what the Lord said concerning himself. And that seems so simple, but that's a miracle of God. John told the truth about what God said. That's amazing. The Lord listed those miracles. He said, go tell John the Baptist. He said, go tell him things you've seen and you heard. He said, the blind get their sight and the deaf hear and the, the lame walk. He listed miracles. Those are miracles, right? And the poor have the gospel preached to them. That's a miracle. He told the truth. We ain't wired to do that. <laughs> he said, I was going to live forever. Y'all better follow me. And that's what would happen. Wouldn't it? And John said, mm-mm, that ain't what, he did not say that. 
Here's what he said. The scriptures don't say that. Here's what the scriptures say. That's a miracle to, to know and understand it. He just said what the Lord said. I got somebody, I don't do counseling. And if I did do counseling, you wouldn't want me counseling. They made, in the military, they made me a suicide intervention, intervention officer. I was the dumbest one you could have picked for that one. Uh, I'm not comforting at all, but I don't do counseling. But I got somebody wanting to meet me in person for counseling. They won't take it over the phone, and they won't come hear the gospel preach, but they want to meet with me personally for me to counsel them. I said, no. And, and, I, and I know why. I've, I've been at this a little bit. It's because they think that if through their tears in person, I may have some compassion, I may tell, give them the yes. You go looking for a yes, you're going to find it, unfortunately, sooner or later. But if God makes me faithful and makes me follow him, I'm going to have the same advice in that office as I do on the phone as I do from this pulpit because that's what he said. It ain't my opinion. Other people get real mad at me because I said, well, that's what it says. And they say, I know it says that, and I don't like you. And I said, well, you don't like me. It's Lord's word. I get it. But it's so, isn't it? If the Lord's pleased to make me faithful and this word don't change, anything I got to say won't change. Verse 24, this is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. We've covered a whole lot in John, haven't we? Been here for a long time. Had a lot of, a lot of messages out of it, a lot of verses and points, and I didn't even skip a rock on the surface. I didn't even scratch it. And if, if I did, if I understood all things, I could prophesy all things, and I could really enter into it. Verse 25, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, to which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. There's uh, the molecules he controls and the, the lives he's impacted, and this one's experience and that one's experience, and those that are faithful, that the Lord's made faithful, they say, here's what he did. The Lord's scheduled our whole lives the last couple months and, and he did this and he did that and you just couldn't write it all down. Paul said, you're my testimony. You're my testament. He said, you're my epistle. I ain't going to write nothing down. That's you. And what's that mean? The, the book of Thomas. Did you know that? The Lord wrote that. It's his doing, isn't it? How's he end it? Amen. Amen. All right. Brother Mike.